0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're talking movies. Uh, this is going to be uh, the weekly movie roundup for uh, last week. I know I didn't, I didn't make a post yesterday. There was a, a will they, won't they type situation on if I was going to be going to get to see The Lighthouse, uh, which I was really excited for, but ended up not happening because where I'm at, it's been snowing. And... Um, I was supposed to be going with my cousin and my brother and my cousin bailed. And so we all kind of just were like, okay, we'll watch some movies at home instead. And then, um, and yeah, so it's been it's been snowing quite a bit. So I've had an unfortunate bout of not going to the movies, which has it's been making me itchy. I really want to get to the theater. There's a couple movies I'm still trying to see that are out right now. Still have not seen *Zombieland* *Double Tap*, which I've been trying to get to, along with uh, *The Lighthouse*. And then I was trying to see *Jojo Rabbit* as well, but AMC doesn't have it playing at its theaters just yet. So I'm hoping that this coming weekend, uh, both uh, Jojo Rabbit and Lighthouse will be in wide release. I may do something crazy this weekend and see as many movies as I can, but uh, we'll see. We'll see as it's coming. So instead, today, what I'm going to be talking about is uh, a couple of movies that I've seen over the last few weeks. So uh, those movies are Personal Shopper, Late Night, Stuber, Watchmen, and Trick or Treat and, um, some of these movies I saw, two of them were, I've seen for the first time, the rest of them were on my multiple re-watches, it's just that time of the year, and they're amazing movies, so I wanted to watch them again, but before we get started, huge shout out to Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaiba, uh, it's a anime that I just finished, actually finished last week, and it was incredible, it's probably, it will probably be my anime of the year, if, uh, if My Hero Academia does not pull something off this uh while this season's going towards the end of this year but demon slayer was just it was incredible it's a if you guys haven't seen it it's a show on you can catch it i believe it's on uh tv but it's also on both on funimation now and crunchyroll it's a show about a uh a boy who uh his whole family is killed by demons and and his sister actually is turned into a demon and so he becomes a demon slayer in order to find the demon that did it and bring his sister back into being a human but during during that time he ends up becoming like this incredibly powerful demon slayer and it's all kind of in the uh, like ancient Japan like there are there I don't even think I've seen a car yet but like they walk by foot they, they fight with swords and but it's really cool like the show is really powerful the animation is amazing And the uh, just the story is they really stress character building and character development over action. But when the action shows up, uh, it's some of the best action that I've ever seen. And uh, that's saying a lot because I've been watching a lot of really good anime. And um, so that part, it's just I highly recommend that I give that show a 10 out of 10. And it's only the first season. So there's, I believe it's either 26 or 27 episodes. And uh, it's quick. I will say, though, it is on both on Crunchyroll and on Funimation. It is English. It is not English. It is Japanese only with subtitles. So uh, beware of that. And then, uh, so we'll just start with Personal Shopper. This is a movie, uh, a Kristen Stewart movie uh, that's directed and written by Oliver Assayas. He's also, he also did uh, Clouds of Sills Maria is probably what he's well known for. And he also working with Kristen Stewart, but this is a Criterion movie. And this is a movie that my brother and I both really love. So we had ended up watching it. It's about uh, Kristen Stewart uh, and it's got a couple of other actors in it. Lars Idengar, Sigrid Bozaz. I hope I'm saying that right. Anders, Danielson, Lee, and uh, Ty Olwen. So the the movie is basically just about Kristen Stewart. But what what it is is she is she's in Paris and she works as a personal shopper for a sort of model slash celebrity, and uh, goes to different designers and picks up clothes that they're going to be wearing or that that this lady is going to be wearing, and she just shops for her essentially. It's kind of a cool gig, but on the on the side, she's also a medium. And so what happens is her brother, her and her brother have a, um, like this heart condition or heart type disease and they're, tw- they're twins, I believe. And so they both have the disease and the brother dies from it and dies young. So he, di- he like died about a, it was like a year ago or something like that. Um, so he very young, uh, way too soon. And so she's in Paris because his brother, her brother lived in Paris And so he's got a house there, whatnot. And so she, her and her brother were both mediums, and they made this agreement, no doubt because they knew, you know, the end was coming sort of thing because of their disease, um, that whoever died first would send the other person a sign. And so the movie kind of opens up with Kristen Stewart is staying in her brother's house like staying there at night kind of like a ghost hunters type thing where she's in the house trying to elicit a response from him and she's really cool about it too because she doesn't really she's not like hello is anyone there are you a ghost hello like uh uh, the ghost hunter shows but she kind of just sits around and listens and um she it's it's a really beautiful movie it's a really well shot movie and honestly it's a really well acted movie and especially for Kristen stewart she does a great job Uh, I really, I just really love this movie. There's something about it. It's very, it's a very spiritual and ethereal movie, but at the same time, it's just, it's a very interesting concept because it goes into the idea of, um, a little bit of like what, sort of what, what does being dead mean? And when someone is, when is someone truly gone from your life? Because she keeps and it's funny too. And I'll do just do mild spoilers. There's not I I don't want to ruin the ending because the ending is really cool. But um, some signs in the house that she's in. And she keeps she she's never satisfied with them. So like, she'll like a sink will turn on. And she's like, I know you can do better than that. I know you can do better than that. I need you to give me a sign. And it's like, Kristen like she he's giving you signs like he's giving you signs and you won't accept that he's gone is that like that's kind of what I was getting was it's like she won't accept that he's gone she needs some grandiose sign but then eventually what ends up happening is she uh, in that house it actually wasn't her brother it was like a different ghost and so she's like whoa, whoa, whoa you're not my brother but then she starts getting these premonitions towards the middle and end of the movie too where she's like you're not my brother you're not my brother and it's like she it's it's as if she's trying to find any excuse that she can to continue trying to communicate with her brother because if if she i mean it's a, it's a timeless thing where it's like if you stop thinking about them if you stop worrying and loving them that they're going to leave you and disappear forever and it's like well that's not the case because then we get to this bit where after that happens and um after some other in instances happen she gets a text on her phone from an unknown phone number and she's wondering if this is someone like a a person who's alive or a person who's dead like is there a ghost communicating with her over phone which is a really interesting concept too and like I said this movie really explores different ways that the spirit world sort of communicates with us and um, but overall it's it's so it's a French film but most of the movie is in English because Kristen Stewart speaks English and she's she's painted as American I believe But um, there is a little bit of French in it. But the whole movie is in France, which I think is so cool. I think the end of the movie takes place in some mountain town and i don't necessarily know where it was i know they mentioned the name in the movie but it was someplace i was completely unfamiliar with so there's a little bit of a scene change at that point but for the most part it's just a beautiful movie because it's in france like there's so many beautiful shots the cinematography is great and the soundtrack is kind of haunting as well it's it's just i mean it's a criterion movie so you that that should tell you then that it's a really good movie and uh but I, I will say it may not be for everybody. It's it is a little slow moving, and again it is a very character driven film. So there are don't get me wrong there are some really big twists in this film. There's some big shocks, but for the most part, um you're going to be watching Kristen Stewart doing things and talking to people and kind of struggling with this loss from her brother, and that's what you're going for. And she I I'm trying to remember here. I think she may have, I'll double check. But well she won some awards for it, but she won. Oh, well, the movie was a Palme d'Or nominee in the, the Cannes Film Festival back in 2016. I thought this was the movie that got Kristen Stewart her um, her Cannes Film Award or, or what, whatever it's called, the Palme d'Or. I'm going to look and see because I'm pretty sure that it's the – cloud. I think she got it for Clouds of Sils Maria, um, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm going to check here real quick, but – um that and that's another like i said it's another uh well shot well done movie but i'm not seeing it um but yeah no. so i I would really recommend that film i think it's really good and it's a good fall type film movie because it's kind it's very spooky in some in some regards so if you're looking for a a movie with some jumps and just an overall really good movie i would highly recommend personal shopper so next up is uh, a set of two movies that i watched back to back um that I got a film from the library and then the other one was available on Amazon, which was Late Night and Stuber from the library. I'd been wanting to watch both of these movies for a really long time just because I'd heard some buzz on them and they weren't in the theater like Stuber was in theaters I just never got around to watching it it, I, it wasn't on the top of my radar but late night I had wanted to see and when it it never really came to the theater nearby me because it was in a limited release you know how it is with these Amazon movies they uh, Netflix too they just make a limited release so they can get in the awards season and um they don't really you know try and stay in theaters for very long. Late Night is directed by Nisha Ganatra and written by Mindy Kaling, uh, which is awesome. Actually, uh, Mindy Kaling is in the movie as well. She stars as Molly, along with Emma Thompson as Catherine Newberry, John Lithgow as Catherine Newberry's husband Walter, and then uh, some other ones by Hugh Dancy, Reed Scott, Dennis O'Hare, and Max Casella. So this movie is about a um, it's about a late night host and it's a very it's a very topical movie so if you're looking for like a a really funny comedy about sort of current events and where where things are right now i would highly recommend watching this movie because it it does it in such a way where it's it's meant to be more funny and on the nose than it is to be Uh, mean or to you know try and start something sort of thing like you're never i i didn't feel at all while i was watching this movie like oh man here they go getting political like the whole time i was just laughing i was like oh my god that's so true and so she is this late night talk show host who's um she's getting into her 50s and and it's kind of a, a commentary on how older talk show hosts aren't doing as well as the younger talk show hosts these younger hosts coming up are doing a lot more bits and skits and tricks and Goofs, and she's just kind of this straight-laced British, um, you know, s- speaker personality sort of person. And she used to do stand-up, but now she just does this. And she is uh, given the kind of ultimatum that her ra- the ratings have been sl- steadily declining over the last ten years, and the the studios like we're canceling your show. Like we're gonna we're gonna give the show to a new host, to a younger host who is hip with the times, sort of thing. And at the same time, she has a full writing staff that is all white males. And, uh, at least from what I saw there, maybe there's some other, um, but they're definitely all male. And, uh, she, there, she's like, doesn't like hiring women. I don't think she thinks they're funny. I think there's a bit about it in there as well, but eventually she's like, fine. You know what? Um, she fires this one guy because he asked to have uh, a raise because his wife was having a baby and she's like oh so this is she's like this is exact and this is just a bit a taste of that comedy she's like oh this is this is exactly the point i'm trying to make in terms of women having to work 10 times harder than men uh, to break that glass ceiling because look at you here you have not um, you have not shown me a single bit of work that would merit you getting a raise except for the fact that your wife is pregnant so you're basically asking for more money for doing nothing and he's like, oh, wow. And then she, I mean, she gets a little further into it. She's like, so, you know, you're essentially, you're having an addiction of having kids And you need more money to support that addiction. He's like, how are kids like drugs? She's like, exactly. Like she's sort of, and that's where you can kind of, it was a good little monologue for her because you could see where her sharp wit comes from, but you can also see where he's, she's really out of touch. And so she fires this guy. She's like, well, obviously you're fired. And so she tells, um, she tells her assistant, she's like, find me a woman. He's, she's like, I want to hire a woman. And so Mindy Kaling just so happens. And that part was cool too. So Mindy Kaling works as like a process improvement person at uh, a chemical plant. And she won an essay contest at her company that allow the, like the winner of the contest got to speak with any person in leadership that they wanted to at the company. And so she, she, she's like explaining this to them. And that's, it was just so cool. She's in her interview and she's like, and and before she goes into the interview, one of the writer's brothers is sitting there waiting for an interview as well. And they don't know Mindy Kaling's interviewing. And so like the whole writing team comes out to talk to the brother, like, Oh, don't worry, man, you're a shoe in. I put a good word in for you, my dad Uh, owns this portion of the company, basically, like any line that you can think of in terms of nepotism, they were showing that as you know, in a comedy thing. And so she's like, essentially thinking, Oh, no, I'm not going to get hired because of that. So she walks in, and she's explaining, she's like, Yeah, so I, uh, um, I I chose she's like, most people would choose the CEO of the company. She's like, No, no, no. And I don't remember what person she chose. But she's like, I chose this person, because he holds a like, whatever, 60% stake, in the parent company that owns this production studio for this for late night with Catherine Newberry. he's like, "So you went to the owner of our owner's business?" And she's like, "Yeah, basically." And I asked them to set up an interview. So it was like, oh, "Okay, she's pretty badass. She's very she and you see it throughout. She's very tenacious." And uh, Mindy Kaling, she's just uh, such a good job. And so they hire her because she was the only woman that applied. And, that you know, obviously same thing at that point. And at that point, the whole movie itself is a very straightforward movie. There are no surprises in this movie there. It is the very, you know, ABCD type writing style where she joins. Um, there's some friction. No one really likes her because they're all guys. Eventually she becomes friends with most of them, but then there's a falling out towards the end due to katherine newberry and this bombshell scandal that comes out but then she makes up with everyone and the movie ends on a happy note so um if you're looking for a feel-good movie this is a great one to pick because while the story is very straightforward the script is not and so the uh the dialogue that everyone shares is really smart it's really like whip smart it's really you There's a lot of jokes that are just like, oh, wow, that was real, like, oh, that was good, or oh, dang, like they called out on that one. So in terms of comedy, I thought it was a great comedy. I really enjoyed it for that piece, and in terms of uh, being a topical movie, I enjoyed it for that piece as well. Like I said, I think it it offered a really interesting insight in the world of talk show hosts and again you know who knows if any of this is true or not but you would think if it's Mindy Kaling she probably has some idea of how that sort of stuff works and so in doing so I think there's some truth in what she's telling but it's a really great show about a woman working her hardest to get to the top and doing so because she wants to and I think that's one of the coolest pieces here she brings a lot of her experience from the chemical plant this business of saying like okay you know things you guys need to be doing things differently you can't be doing things the same that's why your show's getting canceled in the first place and so um she brings a a, a fresh dose of honesty and transparency when she's working along with some really funny one-liners she writes some really good jokes throughout the throughout the show so i would highly recommend checking that one out specifically because it's on amazon prime so it's free if you have prime it's free so you don't have to pay anything for it and it wasn't a long movie either so um that one was a good one stuber as well I, i would say i liked that right about as much if not a little bit less than than Late Night. This movie, though, was still really good. So this was directed by Michael Douse and written by Tripper Clancy, starring Dave Bautista, Kumail Nanjiani, and I would say... Oh, yeah, Kieran Gillen is in it, as is Jimmy Tatro, and Steve Howey of uh, Shameless. He actually plays a stripper in this movie, and it was funny because I haven't seen a lot of Shameless. My wife loves that show. But the episodes I did see were one, there were a couple where he was like working at a strip club and was talking about how he would make so much money if he could be a stripper and his wife wouldn't let him be a stripper. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he actually got to realize his dream in this movie. So essentially, and this movie, if you, I was hesitant to see it from the trailers only because I was like, okay, this it looks like a base your basic movie, and guess what? It is just the same as Late Night. It is just there's nothing surprising about the plot itself. It is a very straightforward plot. The detective uh, Dave Batista, and this part's a funny part, but he, Dave Batista gets like LASIK eye surgery. And so he can't see, he has to like wear these protective goggles for a little bit, but he like, so everything is blurry to him. And so that's why he has to get an Uber is because he can't drive. But at the same time, there's this crime, like that's blowing up from the person who killed his partner, Kieran Gillen, who's in the movie for, I don't know what, five minutes at the very beginning of the movie. And so that kind of sets off the thing is he's trying to find this killer, And so someone gives him a tip, and he hires the Uber driver, and, you know, hilarity ensues. And so the whole rest of the movie is him going from location to location, trying to figure out this crime. All the while, Kumail Nanjiani is just trying his hardest to get a five-star review on this Uber ride, because the prior few Uber rides did not go over very well, because of, you know, one thing or another. A lot of it was out of his control. But what you're wanting to see this movie for is the the banter between dave batista and kumail nanjiani it just i if in my eyes and i want to point this out too dave batista's partner was karen gillen so technically drax and nebula got a second team-up movie and we are now getting a eternals guardians team-up movie with batista and nanjiani so in terms of working together, I think they were awesome. They had a great chemistry. Dave Batista was a, the perfect sort of blind jerk where everything was like, so by the book, so black and white, like we've got to go right now. We've got to, I don't care about this. I don't care about you. Whereas Kumail is very sensitive and really funny because of that. He like, He's got all this great gear in his car for the like Uber people. Like, he's got snacks and water and, you know, pick your music. And at the same time, and what's funny is he's in an on again, off again relationship with this girl who, um, is like still dating some guy and they had a breakup. And so she wants him to come over. And he's like, oh, like, I really want to come over, but he can't because Dave Batista is, um, is his uber ride and like won't let him leave and he's holding this five star over him he's like i won't give you five star if you don't like finish this up he's like and you can tell your friends that you you know you helped with the police investigation that's pretty cool and so he's like fine you know fine and so it just and it it spirals from there so i mean things just get crazier and crazier and they're put into increasingly weirder situations where it's like an Uber driver does not need to be in this sort of situation. So, uh, and I won't spoil the ending, but again, it's a very, very straightforward movie. So that there, there are some twists, but there you can see them coming a mile away. You're going to see this movie for Kumail and Dave, and they. Uh, they're worth the price of admission in my eyes or at least you know getting the movie from the library but um, I I thought they were really funny so I I hope more movies like this are made obviously I'm a bad person to say that because I didn't see it in theaters and I know they don't usually base it off of DVD sales but uh, I didn't even buy a DVD and I didn't didn't even buy a blu-ray I rented it from the library so I apologize to the theater but that's kind of you know that's that's where we're at right now. but no, I w- I would recommend checking it out, especially if you're just looking for a good laugh. And that's that's I think the the most important piece of this movie is it was it was really funny. From there, we have two timeless classics. Uh, we my cousin and I watched Watchmen over the weekend. Uh, because he wanted to get caught up, and I've seen this movie so many times, but he wanted to get caught up on uh, on the movie side of things before the second episode of the show came out, and I'll say this much, guys. I, I watched the second episode. I really liked it. I'm really digging this entire series so far. I think it's going to be exactly what I'm looking for, and I think what I'll probably end up doing is just a a review like a review episode of the entire series once it's done just because you know some people aren't watching them right as they come out people don't have hbo so i'm gonna and it's only nine episodes so it's not going to be long so but it was great It, it carried on from a lot of what happened in the first episode and brought up some really interesting questions i think and uh, the, the movie does the same. So I know there are a lot of people who don't like this movie. I am not in that list. For some time, this movie was my favorite movie of all time. It is still in my top 10, but it is not my number one. Um, and that's because there's some issues. Let's be honest. The movie is incredibly long. But I just think this movie is so perfect because I was obsessed with the Watchmen comic. And in most respects, this movie uh is like shot for shot just like the comics obviously there's some some differences i'll talk about that here real quick but this movie was directed by Zack snyder and it was written by david Hayter alex uh tees, and then obviously based off of the novel by dave Givens and alan moore who do not want to be credited for this so i'm not going to mention them again or dave doesn't really care it's alan and hey alan i you know i, I love your work but it stars jackie earl haley as rorschach patrick williams as night owl um carla cugino as silk specter malin ackerman as silk specter 2 Billy Kudrup as Dr. Manhattan, Matthew Good as Adrian Veidt, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian. um, Matthew Good as Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias. So, again, most of you have probably already seen this. This movie came out in 2009, and it's listed as two hours and 42 minutes. I typically watch this movie as the ultimate cut with the Black Freighter and deleted scenes put into it, so I'm usually watching like a... Three hour and thirty minute cut or whatever how long it is I think it's three and a half hours something like that um so it, honestly it was nice to watch this film in its regular theatrical version again because I hadn't seen it that way in a while and I enjoyed it a lot I, I loved it just as much as I have like I said there are still some spots that are a little slow but for the most part you can't beat this movie like if you're just taking it scene by scene, the, um, the opening scene, the fight between the comedian and the intruder in the hotel is just, it's like, it's taken right out of the comic books. And then you've got the intro sequence that explains kind of the timeline that shows all the old Minutemen set to, uh, what was it? Bob, his name, Bob. Um, yeah, Bob Dylan, um, set to Bob Dylan was just, is so good. And, um, the everything with Rorschach. I, Rorschach was my favorite character in the comics, and and I've since, uh, I've si- since grown to see how bad of a character he is in the sense of he's like really a terrible person. But in terms of his costume counterpart, I really enjoy his mask, and I love how serious and and no nonsense he is. And so it's just the the blend of perfect cinematography with slow mo scenes and uh just a beautiful soundtrack both the one by tyler bates and the one with all of the the soundtrack of all the great music pieces that are picked it's just a knockout movie and i you know i can't say enough praises for it it's it's one of my favorite comic book movies ever and that's just because it captured what i felt was in the comic so well and i think it 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 ultimately uh improved on the ending of the comic so if you guys aren't aware In the end, what happens is Ozymandias is a Ozymandias is a what's he do? He like tricks the the entire world by pulling in this giant space squid type creature in multiple areas in the world. They just like it does a just ton of destruction, death, property damage, and then kills them. They explode. So like it gets society to team up to save themselves versus fighting with each other. But. In the movie, instead of a giant squid monster, it's Dr. Manhattan and, uh, Ozymandi- and Ozymandias uh, puts a machine together that mimics the power of Dr. Manhattan and explodes it in multiple locations on the earth so that people think Dr. Manhattan did it. Dr. Manhattan then admits, fine, you know, I'll take the heat for this if it means true peace for everybody. So I like the Dr. Manhattan bit more because it's a little more nuanced and it's a little more complicated. But uh, the show obviously takes after the comic book, and I I like that it does that too, because I kind of would rather know how you can recover from a giant space monster than the Manhattan bit. But beyond that, it's just like I said, I can't recommend this movie enough. So if you haven't seen Watchmen, do yourself a favor and check it out, even if it's just to watch the theatrical version, my perfect version would be the ultimate cut if you're really wanting to you know, be as close to the comics as possible. But if not, I would recommend the director's cut because it's a little longer, but it has some really good extra scenes in it. And then lastly, I saw Trick or Treat, which is a uh, kind of an anthology movie. It's a very short movie. It's only an hour and 22 minutes. Uh, and it's by Michael Doherty, both written and directed. And if you guys don't know him, he is the writer for Godzilla, King of Monsters, Superman Returns, and Krampus and it stars a couple of big names it's got Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, both from X-Men and then there's uh, Dylan Baker, Rochelle Aytes, Quinn Lord, Lauren Lee Smith just in top billing on IMDb. But this movie it's a it's a an anthology movie of five interwoven stories about people on this like block of the neighborhood throughout the night of Halloween. And it's a great movie to watch around the holidays. It's not it's a campy movie and it's it's kind of a cult movie in that sense, too. It's not the best movie around, but it's still enjoyable because of just how Halloweeny it is. And so, you know, and I really don't want to spoil a lot in on this one because, like I said, it's one of those movies where if you haven't seen it, especially on that first watch, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, There's a lot of cool twists that you don't expect and it's even cooler when you get to see characters who are in one story kind of weaving into another story, but um, I really recommend checking this out, especially on Halloween. It's rentable, I believe, on Amazon for or, or on any service i believe for like 2.99 so it's only three bucks it's not a big deal but it's just a fun campy halloween movie i i would say i, I gave it a seven out of ten and I, I had it a little higher but now that i've seen it a couple more times I, i've dropped the rating just a little bit so it's still one of those movies that i'm happy to watch because i enjoy it so much but certainly not the best halloween movie around so that's all i'll say on uh, trick or treat other than watch out for sam the character who's on the front cover because he's got a pretty messed up face and he carries around some really sharp candy he is the um, the definition of checking your candy before it comes out but so yeah that's gonna that's gonna do it for us today guys like i said i just wanted to give you an update on all the movies that i had seen this week i hopefully will have seen some in theaters by next week's movie roundup and have some interesting new or maybe there'll be some cool news to discuss as well but for now for comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein thanks so much for listening and i'll see you at the movies